Do you know how many quills there are on an average porcupine? Or how many baseballs a typical MLB game goes through? Well, you would if you listened to Ask Me Another. Every episode, Ask Me Another tries to give you a little tidbit or fact that you didn't know before. And there will be more to learn in the new year, but we can't do it without you. So keep rediscovering your world and donate to your station. Visit donate.mpr.org slash AMA to give and then share why you gave with hashtag WhyPublicRadio. Let's keep learning together. Warning, this podcast uses some unsavory language. Please be advised. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, Ophira. We're in Orlando, home to some of the country's most popular theme parks. So, theme park trivia speed round. What's the roller coaster in Disney World's Tomorrowland? Uh, That is Space Mountain. Yes, of course. At Universal Studios, where can you find Butterbeer, Gringotts Bank, and Ollivander's Wand Shop? That's Diagon Alley. Exactly. And when it reopens... What will be the scariest attraction in Orlando? Oh, Hall of Presidents. <laughs> from NPR and WNYC, coming to you from Hard Rock Live in Orlando, Florida, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants will play our nerdy games. That is, if they make it through Universal City Walk security in time. And whoever does will be our big winner. It is great to be back in Orlando, and I think a little theme park magic is exactly what this New Yorker needs right now. I love the friendly people, and I'm cool with the fact that they're being paid to be nice. I like the reliable public transportation, even if it's a monorail. I like that Spider-Man actually looks like Spider-Man, not that off-brand one that is spelled with a Y. It's a sparkling, clean kingdom ruled by a princess, and here I am royalty too. Thank you, Fast Pass. And I'm very excited to talk to our special guest. She's the best-selling author of Bad Feminist, and her latest book, Hunger, A Memoir of My Body, is available now. Roxanne Gay will be joining us. Our first two contestants will play a game called Rhymes with Orange. Let's meet them. First up, Beth Love on buzzer number one. You recently started a small business making men's ballroom dance pants. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Your opponent is Kristen Merrick on buzzer number two. You're a standardized test tutor. Welcome. Thanks. I'm mostly just hoping to not embarrass myself tonight. (laughs) Beth and Kristen, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to our final round. So Florida is famous for oranges, and the word orange is famous for having no perfect rhyme. Or does it? In this game, every answer is a word that is difficult to rhyme, But there is indeed one obscure word out there that rhymes with it. So, for example, if I said, when I'm enjoying the view at Blorange, I love to snack on a delicious, you would buzz in and say, orange. If you get that answer right, for a bonus point, you must guess the definition of the obscure rhyming word. In this case, Blorange is the name of a hill in Wales. Sure. Everyone knows that? Everyone knows that. It's my favorite ill in Wales. (laughs) When I go to Wales, I I make sure... Which hill are you going to? Oh, Blorange. I guess Blorange. (laughs) Okay, here we go. A dirty movie theater covered in pilm is not a great place to watch a... Beth. Film? (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. For a bonus point, what does pilm mean? Pilm of... Like, maybe that cellophane bits that comes off the candy bar boxes. That's so specific. I love that. (laughs) Uh, Puzzle guru Art Chung, uh, how do you feel about that answer? Uh, I'm I'm afraid we can't accept that. We were just looking for dust. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is one of those moments where, like, you are better than what we have. (laughs) Yeah, we're not as smart as you think, Beth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My grandma's walk is more a herple, so she's got a cane that's colored... Beth. Purple. That is correct. Yeah. 
For a bonus point, do you know what herple means? Crooked? Uh, it's close. It's actually, it's a Scottish word for a limp or a hobble. Mm. I know. I know. It's a bad beat. Bad beat, Beth. <laughs> Our police crest contains a gyron. When we come for you, you'll hear a... Kristen. Siren? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, for a bonus point, what does a gyron mean? Something that also makes a loud noise. <laughs> yeah, that's a good guess. Gyron is a triangular shape on a shield or a coat of arms. Learn something new every there day. There you go. But did you? But did you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> These words are never going to come up again, <laughs> yes, is the thing. Zip. On my farm, a newborn chilver gets a bell made out of Beth. Silver. Silver is the answer. For a bonus point, what's a chilver? Some kind of a farm animal. <laughs> Can you be more specific? Uh, a camel? <laughs> That's, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a camel. <laughs> a chilver is a, a young female lamb. I know, right? Adorable. <laughs> I know. Fill up with water that is Rhenish. If you're in Liechtenstein and need to... Beth. Replenish? That is correct, yeah. All right, for that bonus point, what do you think Rhenish means? Um, Rhenish. From the Renaissance Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Incorrect, but I'm giving you the point. Um... It is actually relating to the Rhine River. Mm. Yeah. When the kids got lost inside a naos, the field trip erupted into... Kristen. Chaos. It sure did. As do most things with children. Yes, that's right. <laughs> For a bonus point, what does naos mean? Uh, the particular stress felt by any field trip chaperone. <laughs> I like that you made it an, a very emotional question. Uh, Aeneas is an ancient temple. Oh. It says on this piece of paper. Place I don't to know. Take children. I know. Huzzaker Archung, how did our contestants do? They both did great. Beth, well done. You're one step closer to our final round. In our next game, our contestants will have to tell their celebrity tee-hees from their famous hee-haws. Let's check in with them. Beth Love, how does one break into the business of ballroom dance pants for men? I went on a date with a ballroom dancer, and I was sewing for a hobby, and he asked me if I could help him out with the problem he was having with his pants. (laughs) (laughs) That's a first date question here in Orlando? (laughs) I really might have misunderstood his request. <laughs> so what was the problem he was having? They weren't fitting him properly. Okay, in, got it. Yeah. <laughs> so I make, like, totally tailored for them, and they're out of stretch material, so they can, you know, do the splits or whatever dancers do, and yeah. they look good, and also make dance chaps. It's for country western, I know. It's for country western dance, sure. and it's like... Yep. They look like chaps worn over jeans, but they're dance pants. But they're dance pants. Yeah. I love it. I feel like this is going to be highly successful in a whole, <laughs> like, you know, through a lot of different jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, uh, you recently accidentally adopted a dog. I did. Okay. Is this the kind of thing where a dog showed up on your doorstep, kind of? Uh, a dog actually ran out in front of my car a couple of days before Hurricane Irma. Yeah, I thought it was the head of a mop, but I was wrong. I guess the dog had no tags. No, no tags, no, uh, no microchip. And, but at that point, how could I take her back to the shelter and be like, have this adorable mop? Um, <laughs> I'll go back to my other dog, who I like better. Um, <laughs> doesn't smell quite so bad. Yeah, so uh, I had been low-key thinking about adopting another dog, uh, but apparently I uh, didn't get to make that decision myself. The dog found you. This is an audio quiz called What's So Funny? I'll play you clips of famous people with distinctive laughs. You just need to tell me who's laughing. 
Beth, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're off to the final round. Kristen, you need to win this, or you have to explain every joke in Will and Grace to my dad. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Here we go. Here's your first laugh. You do not need a hint for this. <laughs> Kristen. Friend Drescher. That's correct, yes. This comedian starred in the Nutty Professor films and The Adventures of Pluto Nash. <laughs> Beth. Eddie Murphy. Absolutely, yeah. If you've ever watched an award show, you've probably seen this highly honored actress laughing at a joke about how great she is. <laughs> Beth. Is that Meryl Streep? Yeah, that is Meryl Streep. This Hangover star also voices Rocket Raccoon in the Guardians of the Galaxy films. <laughs> Kristen. Bradley Cooper. Yes, that is correct. I like that you giggled at his laugh. <laughs> it's kind of infectious, and he's super hot. Yeah. <laughs> He's a raccoon. I didn't say the raccoon was super hot, just for the record. It's not bad, though. <laughs> He's pretty good. This actress played the titular pretty woman in Pretty Woman. Oh! <laughs> it sounded like quite a kerfuffle. Beth. Julia Roberts. That is correct. This guy made a comedy about assassinating Kim Jong-un, which was pulled from most theaters. <laughs> Beth. Seth Rogen. That is correct, yes. We could not find a clip of him laughing, not stoned. <laughs> This is your last clue. We were so preoccupied with whether we could play this clip, we didn't stop to think if we should. <laughs> Beth. Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Puzziger, Archung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Beth. You won both games and are moving on to the final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Beth in our final round, and our special guest is Roxanne Gay. We'll put her to the test in what we can confidently say is the nerdiest quiz about the Fast and the Furious ever. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another and the following message comes from Masterclass. Masterclass produces online video classes taught by masters of their craft. Available classes include Gordon Ramsay teaches cooking, Aaron Sorkin teaches screenwriting, Serena William teaches tennis, and many more. Beautifully produced and carefully curated, Masterclass gives you access to their craft so that you can master yours. Get Masterclass for yourself or for the lifelong learner on your holiday list at masterclass.com ask. You have more control over your news and entertainment than ever. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and this year, you chose Ask Me Another. Puzzles, word games, and trivia are your thing, and your listening choices are part of who you are, and the choice to support your favorite NPR programs is yours too. Visit donate.npr.org slash AMA to donate to your station and then share why that's the kind of person you are. Tweet or create a public Facebook post with the hashtag WhyPublicRadio. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, coming to you from Hard Rock Live in Orlando, Florida. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. 
She's the New York Times best-selling author of Bad Feminist, and her latest book is called Hunger, A Memoir of My Body. Please welcome Roxane Gay. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thanks for having me on <laughs> Ask Me Another. Roxanne, you're a best-selling author, associate professor at Purdue, the founder of Tiny Hardcore Press. You write about a lot of very serious things, but you also write about a lot of very light-hearted things, mm -hmm. uh, pop culture stuff like your love of Sweet Valley High books. You do recaps of the TV show Outlander. Oh yeah, I do, I you do. You recently interviewed Nicki Minaj. Yes. So how do these two sides work together? I'm just a Libra. So I'm always seeking balance. But, you know, I think that in order for me to be able to write about racism and sexual violence and inequality, um, which is important work, uh, and I'm privileged to be able to do it, you also need to take a fucking break. Like, the struggle, the struggle needs time off. And so for me... That time off comes by way of popular culture. Uh, so it is like escape for you? In some ways, but, you know, unfortunately I have a brain. And so when I'm watching or consuming <laughs> pop culture, oftentimes I'm like, see, this is why systemic racism is right. a problem. And there are no black people on television. And, uh, yeah. Right, because so there's no perfect piece of pop no. culture well, out there. <laughs> there are a couple perfect pieces of oh, pop yeah? culture. Yeah. What's the perfect piece Real of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, if we were ever in doubt about God's existence, <laughs> now we know. That he doesn't exist. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> so your latest book, titled Hunger, A Memoir of My Body, it is an amazing book. You have said that this is the last thing that you wanted to talk about, the last yeah. story from your life that you wanted to tell. So what happened that you decided now was the time to tell it? Um, it was write the book or give back the advance time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, oh, shucks, I better write it. You know, when I, I actually sold Hunger before Bad Feminist even came out because I thought, well, if Bad Feminist flops, I want another book deal on the books. Um, which was a real miscalculation on my part. But um, when I thought about what I wanted to do next in terms of my nonfiction, I thought, well, the thing I want to write about least is fatness. And that's when I knew, oh, that's the thing I'm going to have to do because oftentimes the things that I've, I'm most reluctant to do end up being the most intellectually satisfying. And that was eventually the case with hunger as well. And the narrative structure of this memoir is not the classic narrative structure in the sense that it doesn't end up with achievement or overcoming everything and accomplishing. There's no pretty little bow at the end, which I actually love because I think that is realistic. Yeah. Did you get any editorial pushback? Were you concerned no. about that? No. I didn't. You know, I, I say from the second page that this is not a triumphant book and I'm not going to be on the cover of my book standing in my formerly fat pants, like in half of them, right. eh, look what I did. So I think that forewarned is forearmed. So I think the reader knew not to expect that I have figured everything out. And I think it's okay to be able to write a memoir where you're writing toward answers, you don't necessarily yet have the answers. And yeah. so my editors were really supportive. Now you have a long documented adoration of Channing Tatum. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's my boyfriend, so <laughs> it is what it is. How did, how did this start? His neck. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's so meaty, and I just wanted to chew it, and so he was in this great classic film called She's the Man, and <laughs> I was just like, I want to be a soccer ball. And I want him to hold me. Um, and he's like a blank canvas. You could just like project whatever <laughs> onto him. And I, I just like this idea of this really hot guy who can dance, has abs, and is very friendly. It's just, oh my God, it's like an aphrodisiac. <laughs> and then I know from your Twitter that you recently met him. I did. <laughs> My life ended on that day. 
this is what the afterlife looks like. It's awesome. Yeah, I about a month ago, my agent sent me an email and she said, please sit down before you read this. And she has never said that to me in five years, so I have sat down. And it said, Channing Tatum wants to, I can't tell you what the project is, but with you. And I was like, huh, what a great practical joke. <laughs> and so I responded, oh, sure, let's do it. And she's like, okay, Chan's people are gonna coordinate something. And I just, until I went to his house, <laughs> And it, I was expecting him to just be like movie star-ish, but he, kept, he sat, crossed his legs in a chair, and I sat across from him, and we talked for two hours. Like BFFs. It was really great. In my ex brief experience, he didn't try to put on airs about what he doesn't know, but he didn't pretend to be dumb either, which I really respected. Uh, I enjoyed a, one of your essays in Bad Feminist where you talk about not only loving Scrabble, but actually becoming part of the competitive <laughs> Scrabble tournament world. Yeah. Uh, and I, are you still doing any? You probably. Oh, yeah. You, you still go to some tournaments? Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Scrabble for life. Okay. So, at, you know, in this essay, which is a few years ago, you talked about how, you know, very serious players can always bring up a match where they played a, you know, a, a very high-scoring word. Yeah. Can you give me a, one in your recent memory that is triumphant? Yeah. I played Entozoan for 243 points. Entozoan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and you're the queen of the, the bingo, which is when you use all of your tiles in one word. I love the bingo, to my own detriment, because if I have ING in my rack, it's over. I will not move until I can play my ING word, even if I don't have one. So I just like keep drawing and like exchanging one tile, hoping I'll get a T, even though statistically it's not gonna happen. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. You know all the statistics behind <laughs> I do. Too. I'm not proud of it, but I do. <laughs> I never would have thought I was the kind of person, I always thought I was like too cool for that, but I've never been cool a day in my life. But when my friend introduced me to competitive Scrabble, I was like, are you serious? Like, what? And slowly but surely, I got totally wrapped up in the world and now I have my own gear. <laughs> <laughs> I have like my own portable board and it has a special case with straps so you can wear it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a Ninja Turtle. And you. <laughs> And your own tiles. I have my own tiles. I have pink tiles, because it's my favorite color. Yeah? Yeah. It's hardcore. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have, a, we have a pretty hardcore quiz for you, so are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Oh, yeah, about the best movie franchise ever? Yeah. So, Roxanne, you are a fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yes. What is it that you love about these movies? Well, the driving face. So when they're driving, there's like... It's kind of like blue steel while staring at the road. Um, anyway, the movies are driving face, and it actually has a really diverse cast. Uh, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, rest in peace, um, and The Rock. The Rock? Fast cars, women... Well, women are objectified in the movie, which... Uh, but women also get to race cars, so... Right. You know, yeah, you take Not one with the other. Perfect. The plots are just insane. So you also have a talent for anagrams. Yeah, yeah. So you did them as a child? I did. Well, we wrote a quiz that combines two kinds of stunts, the crazy car stunts in The Fast and the Furious and the crazy cranial stunt of anagramming. Okay. All right. Well, now That's I'm right, Hard out. Rock Live Orlando. You heard it here. <laughs> and if you do well enough, Jess Rogers from Blacklick, Ohio is gonna win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh my God, the pressure. Yeah, all right. that's right. And if you need a hint, uh, our puzzle guru, Art Chung, is standing by. Oh, all right, Art. There we go. <laughs> okay, here we go. At the end of the fourth film, weirdly titled Fast and Furious, how do the heroes escape from Mexico back to the United States? Through an underground tunnel. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they drive cars. Yes. Through a series of secret underground tunnels. Absolutely. And as I don't one, mean as the one subway. Does. I mean they drive yep. cars. And then the tunnels start collapsing on them. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just get so happy. <laughs> I feel like the exhaust from the cars would be a problem in these tunnels. Oh, no, but these are elaborate drug tunnels that have ventilation and lighting. True story. Right. El Chapo. Yeah. <laughs> There's cleverness in every field. Let's not judge. <laughs> All right, so we anagram the name of an actor in Fast and Furious. Idle Veins. Idle Veins. Vin Diesel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, you know, it is unfair to d- make people do this in your head, uh, in their head, so I was just going to offer you a pen and paper. I'm good. No, you don't need it. No. In Fast Five. Yes. The crew causes much collateral damage by dragging what through the streets of Rio de Janeiro? <laughs> a bank safe holding a drug lord's money. Naturally, yes. Yep. Just dragging a vault. Just dragging Rio. it with Mustangs. <laughs> and they like just keep pulling it and the vault just goes along. And there's never little sparks or anything. No. It's a miracle. <laughs> God loves thieves. Here's your, here's your anagram of an actor from Fast Five. Acid slur. Ludicrous. Yeah, that's right. Yes. In Furious 7, how does the team get its cars into Azerbaijan? <laughs> 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 they parachute out of airplanes with parachutes attached to the cars and then poor Tyrese doesn't want to leave and so he's slamming on the brakes but Tej, who's played by Ludacris, hits a button and he's flown out of the car anyway. Here's your final anagram, mm-hmm. actor from Furious 7. Okay. Zero child glue Meyer. Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez is correct. I barely have to do this, but I will. Puzzleguru Archung, how did Roxanne do? She did amazing. Congratulations, you and listener Jess Rogers win. Ask me another Rubik's Cubes. Yay! I had no doubt that you would ace both parts of that. Thank you so much. Roxanne Gay is the author of Hunger, a memoir of my body. Roxanne Gay, everybody. If you want our next special guest to play for you, follow Ask Me Another on Facebook and Twitter. Our next game is about two people from history I would love to have dinner with, Pitbull and Mark Twain. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Jamal Solomon on buzzer number one. You're a performer and theater teacher. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Jamal, you've directed High School Musical, which is great, but not once. Twice. Correct. Why of all the musicals, High School Musical? Because it's iconic. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it when it came on television. I've seen all three movies because we're all in this together. We are all in this together. What is the song that you are always singing in your head from it? We're all in this together. That's it? Okay. I like that. Your opponent is Mark Ispass on buzzer number two. You're a transportation and urban planner. Welcome. Thanks a lot. Mark, as a transportation and urban planner, what is your goal for Orlando? I would love to have a place where everyone can ride their bike and take the train everywhere. Okay, so you want public transportation? Absolutely. You want bike lanes? Yes. What about walking? I can share the bike lanes. <laughs> I can share bike the lanes. bike lanes. Okay, so no pedestrians. Got Bicycles it. No pedestrians. Very, very conscientious people. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay. Remember, Jamal and Mark, win two games, and you will be off to our final round. Let's go to your first game. So you're going to play this, that, or the other. We're going to read you a deep thought. You are going to tell me which of three sources it came from. Each one is either a lyric from a song performed by one of Florida's favorite poets, Mr. Worldwide, a.k.a. the rapper Pitbull, or a line from a nursery rhyme, or a quote from Mark Twain. We're going to alternate back and forth, so you don't need to ring in, and here we go. Jamal, ask for money and get advice, 
Ask for advice, get money twice. Pitbull. That is Pitbull, correct. Mark, this is for you. If you have no daughters, give them to your sons. We'll go Mark Twain. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Jamal, can you steal? Pitbull. <laughs> that's also wrong. It is a nursery rhyme. It's from Hot Cross Buns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Jamal, Brooklyn praise is half slander. Twain. That is Mark Twain, yes. Mark, if you find a keeper, then you better keep her. It's classic, so it must be <laughs> Pitbull. <laughs> you are correct, it's Pitbull. <laughs> Jamal, now when you're up, you're up, and when you're down, you're down. Nursery rhyme? Yeah, that is a nursery rhyme. Uh, it's, I have never, I thought maybe it was a nursery rhyme for young stockbrokers. I didn't really, uh, what is that? But it's from a nursery rhyme called The Grand Old Duke of York. Mark, point to the ceiling, point to the floor. Point to the window, point to the door. Think about it, man. <laughs> Pitbull. Uh, I'm sorry, that is a good guess, but it is not Pitbull. Jamal? Nursery rhyme. Yeah, that's right. It's a nursery rhyme. Do you know this nursery rhyme? I have a small child. So you know this? I, no, I, but I, I, I figure <laughs> it's I something we would teach them. It's called Wind the Bobbin Up. Sewing. Sewing, yeah. These are your last clues. Jamal, this one's for you. I'm giving it my all. Blood, sweat, and tears. Win, lose, or draw. Twain? Sorry, that is incorrect. Mark, can you steal? Pitbull. Yeah, that is Pitbull. <laughs> Mark, a circle is a round straight line with a hole in the middle. I believe that is Twain. It is Twain. You're correct. Art Chung, how did our contestants do? They both did pretty well. Congratulations, Jamal. You're one step closer to our final round. If you have ever wondered if the Oxford comma could get into the London School of Economics, you should be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we'll take rock and roll to a painfully literal level. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Life is Good. Spread the power of optimism to those you love this holiday season by gifting fun and inspiring Life is Good apparel. Through beautiful art and positive messages, their products remind us all to focus on and grow the good. Life is Good donates 10% of its annual net profits to help kids in need. Visit lifeisgood.com and use code NPR to get an extra 10% off holiday deals now through December 18th. This is NPR's Ask Me Another, coming to you from Hard Rock Live in Orlando, Florida. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung, and now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Jamal and Mark. Soon they'll play a game where Jonathan Colton rocks so hard he could scratch a diamond. But first, let's check in with our contestants. Jamal, every Sunday, you make your Facebook status... Easy like Sunday morning. Every Sunday for the last 10 or 11 years, yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. And why? I love the Commodores, I love the song, but more so now I do it for other people because they expect to see it. They count on it. They count on it. <gasps> and have you ever forgotten or missed it? Yes, and then they freak out. Really? I get phone calls, I get text messages. Where's the status, where's the status? I'm like, I woke up late, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Mark, you're an urban planner. 
work in transportation. I asked you about like uh, your project for Orlando, but Mark, what is your dream project? High-speed rail to connect the entire continent, country, continent. If you guys could have just hopped on a 120-mile-per-hour train, you could write your show on the way. Yeah. It'd be fantastic. Like, like the channel. The channel. The Tramerica. <laughs> the Tramerica. So how possible do you think this is? It could happen. It, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the early stages right now, but I think there, there's some inklings throughout the country where that it's it's a possibility to upgrade amtrak or what have you yeah amtrak's got nothing on high speed <laughs> that's right well there there goes any job opportunity that i had with amtrak yeah. <laughs> your next game is a music parody game called hard times jamal you won the last game so you win this and you're in the final round mark you need to win this or we'll replace your hard rock collection with soft rock and we hope you like gypsum Jonathan Colton, take it away. Since we are at Hard Rock Live, it seemed only fitting to change the lyrics of famous rock and roll songs to make them about things that are hard. (laughs) And by hard, I mean literally or figuratively. So ring in to tell me the hard thing I'm singing about, and if you're correct, you can earn a bonus point by telling me the name of the song or even just the artist that I am parodying. You ready? Yes. Yes. Here we go. Protects my brain. Mandible lets me chew romaine. With some crossbones, poison means you'll die. Poor Uric, Hamlet knew that guy. Jamal. The skull. A skull is correct. For a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist? I am drawing a complete blank right now. And everyone, and there's a collective sigh from everyone's the crowd. Very, everyone's okay. very disappointed in you, Jamal. It was Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. Oh. I'm gonna bake tonight. Gonna make some brownies and banana bread. These things that crunch all right. And they got shells like a Klingon's head. Mark. Walnuts. Walnuts is the answer. I just want to say there's a note in the script that says, do not accept pecans, they have smooth shells. (laughs) I do not think pecans look like Klingon's heads. No, they don't. They don't look like Klingon's heads. For the bonus point, can you name the artist? White Stripes. The White Stripes, Seven Nation Army, that's right. We all came out to Vegas. Then to Mount Midoriyama Athletic competition Reality TV drama These obstacles are scary Dressed in black I may not be But if I can't nail this rope climb That's total victory Jamal American Ninja Warrior? Yeah, you got it. For a bonus point, can you name the song or the artist? Nope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's a tricky one because I didn't get to the riff. It's Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. I know, the next part of that song is what everyone's been haunted by when someone they know starts playing guitar. Yeah, anytime you're in a guitar shop. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So so now you play the part we all know. Yeah, I know. Well, it doesn't have any lyrics. I can't, you know. That's not the part that goes, smoke on the water, smoke smoke on the water. Yeah. Thank you. Computations using integrations. Differential equations put delta y over delta x. It's gonna give you the slope. I'm gonna give you my slope. Stubal, <laughs> math. Uh, 
We, we need you to be a little more specific. Be a little more specific. What yeah, kind think of, of the metal of math. Geometry? <laughs> Sorry, that is incorrect. Mark, do you know what we're looking for? Calculus. Calculus is the answer. And can you name the song of the artist? Zeppelin. Yeah. It's a whole lot of love. Here we go. Back in blue, I'm precious too. At this Smithsonian, I'm on view. Gem grade, carbon made, optimistically named. Mark. The Hope Diamond. The Hope Diamond is correct. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? That is ACDC. That's right, Back in Black. This is your last clue. Take me down to the family lawyer Cause they signed the papers left in the foyer You get the kids, I guess you won, yeah, yeah Take me down to the family lawyer Cause they signed the papers left in the foyer I guess this marriage is done Mark. Divorce. Divorce, yeah. That's pretty hard. Not a lot of hope in that diamond. No, that's... <laughs> For a bonus point, can you name the original song That's or artist? Guns and Roses. Yeah, Paradise City. Yeah. Art Chung, how did our contestants do? Well done, Mark. You won that game. So you each won a game, so it's time for a quick game three. I'm going to give you a category, and you go back and forth naming things in that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. It's the Epcot Challenge. Name the 11 countries featured in the Epcot World Showcase at Disney World. Mark, you're first. Mexico. That is correct. Jamal. Norway. Correct. Mark. Germany. Germany, correct. Jamal. China. Correct. Mark. Italy. Correct. Jamal. Switzerland. No. I'm sorry, Jamal. The other answers were Canada, France, Japan, Morocco, the United Kingdom, and the USA. Jamal, we're sorry to see you go. Mark, you're headed to the final round. While Beth and Mark get ready for their final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to come on stage. Jonathan and I have no idea who this person is or what makes them special, but our puzzle guru, Art Chung, does. That's right, Ophira. You and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our Mystery Guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Mary McKenzie, and I started an unusual all-female group. You guys have to figure out what that group does. Okay. Does this group have a, like, a cap size? Like, can it only be, like, uh, 20 people, or can it be as many people forever? No. To infinity. <laughs> no, it does not have a cap size. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. So is there a, um, like, a, something that you have to do with your hands together? Yes. Are you performers? Yes. Performers with hands. Are you mimes? <laughs> no. Good, good, good. I, I would put a cap on that. Uh, do these performances happen on stages in theaters kind of thing? No. Okay. Do these performances happen, you know, in outdoors? Like in... Yes. Okay, got it. Um, do these performances involve puppets? <laughs> no. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, though. Is there equipment that you need to do these performances? Yes. Are these performances dramatic? Yes. In the sense that they are of the theater? Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So are you, are you acting? No. Hmm. Is there singing involved? No. <laughs> I don't, All right, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah we, I don't know why that's funny, okay? <laughs> why, why is singing not possible, Mary? No, don't answer. That's not a yes or no question. Okay. <laughs> Singing is not possible. Hmm. Uh, uh, is this a difficult skill? Yes. Is it a dangerous skill? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Are you, like, sword swallowing? No. Are you acrobats? No. There's also um, fire swallowing? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Fire ding. swallowing? Yay! 
It makes it very difficult to sing. Yeah. <laughs> Should not sing while you have fire in your mouth. So Mary founded the all-female fire performance troupe Fahrenheit Foxes. <laughs> Their performances include fire breathing, fire eating, and fire dancing, and they performed at everything from weddings and corporate events to Super Bowl parties. So why don't you tell us how you got trained for uh, learning how to eat fire? I started doing fire performance about 13 years ago. I was actually trained by Sideshow and Carney people, so traditionalists. Like, what inspired you to go, I want to swallow fire? <laughs> I have a bachelor's degree in theater performance. I've done theater for 20 years. So, you know, it's good to have additional skills that not <laughs> other actors can compete with. I've got fire eating and fire breathing in my pocket. Can anyone swallow fire, or do you have to be sort of like genetically predisposed? Well, anyone can swallow fire. Um, some people learn quicker than others. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Okay, and, but the steep learning curve, how much of that is just fear-based, getting over uh, fear? Almost all of it. All, almost all of it. Almost so all of it. if you could just bottle down, if it's possible, the technique, like, what do you do? It's science. You close your mouth, it takes the oxygen away, it puts so the you, fire out. You just got to do it fast. Uh, yeah, generally kind of fast, but not too fast you get carried away. It sounds terrifying and, and <laughs> like, just... I'm an I, adrenaline junkie. Okay. And the, and the, you know, you decided to do, to put together a group of all women. Mm -hmm. And was there any particular thing in your mind behind that as to why? Well, yes. Um, in the world, especially entertainment, it is something that is very dominated by men. I, I wanted to empower other women. I, I can't tell you how many little kids will come and watch and see what we do. And they are just in awe over it. And I had this cute little kid the other night that actually saw me perform. And he's like, you're a dragon. <laughs> he's like two years old. He's like, you're a dragon. I'm like, yes, he gets it. It's great. And in terms of fire dancing, there's all sorts of, uh, what sort of genres do you dance to? Oh, man. We we can dance to anything that you give us. I have done fire performance when I first started. I actually fire danced to the hamster dance. <laughs> it can be done. That's right. <laughs> Amazing to have a fire breather on my... St I'm, I might try it. I'm not going to lie. I might I'll try I'll teach it. you. I'm a great teacher. Okay. <laughs> I might take you up on it. Everyone, give it up for our mystery guest, Mary McKenzie. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists, Beth Love, who turned a pickup line about dance pants into a career. And Mark Ispass, who just wants everyone to be able to ride bikes and take the train. Puzziger Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophira. Beth and Mark, your final round is in honor of Florida and is called FLA to Win. Every answer contains the consecutive letters F-L-A. So, for example, if I said, it's an insurance company whose mascot is a talking duck, once voiced by Gilbert Gottfried, you'd answer Aflac. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and a copy of Hunger, A Memoir of My Body, signed by Roxanne Gay. We roll the 20-sided die backstage, and Mark is going first. Here we go. Mark. Blending into one's surroundings, usually in the context of hunting or combat. Camouflage. That is correct. Beth, seen falling from the sky during winter, it's become a word used to insult people for appearing too sensitive or self-involved. Snowflake. That is correct. Mark, also seen during winter, it's a fabric often used in shirts with a plaid pattern. Flannel. That is correct. Beth, these fibrous seeds are an ingredient in cereals like Kashi Golin. Flax. That is correct. Mark, it's the full name of vitamin B2. Riboflavin. That is correct. <laughs> Beth, in biology, a whip-like appendage found on some cells. Flagellum. That is right. Mark, in the movie Office Space, it's what Jennifer Aniston's character was required to wear as a server at Tchotchkes. <laughs> Flare. That is right. Beth, it's a medical term for intestinal gas that is being expelled. Flatulence. That's right. We're at the halfway point. The game is tied at four points each. Mark, it's a nickname for the football pressure scandal involving Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Deflate gate. That's right. Beth, the NBA's official rules define this as unnecessary and or excessive contact 
committed by a player against an opponent? Lab grabbing. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm sorry, the answer is flagrant foul. Mark, the public enemy rapper known for wearing a clock as a necklace and for his role on reality dating shows. Flavor Flav. That's right. <laughs> Beth, the stage name of Joseph Sadler, the DJ who performed with the Furious Five. <laughs> sorry, three seconds. Flavor Man. <laughs> I'm sorry, we were looking for Grandmaster Flash. Right, so here's the situation, the score is six to four. Mark, if you get this question right, you win. In the Roaring Twenties, a woman who listened to jazz and wore short skirts. Flapper. That's right. Beth, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Congratulations, Mark. Thank that you. is our show. Ask Me Another's Puzzle Guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Fuck. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now, Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Andrew Kane and senior writers Karen Lurie and Josiah Madigan. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Madeline Kaplan, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Valve Tone Recordings and Rick Kwan. We'd like to thank The Hard Rock Live. Dark, rich love. WMFE Orlando. MFU. And our production partner, WNYC. YCNW. I'm Harite Begonias. Vera Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, if you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your comments provide valuable feedback for us, and it helps other people find us too. So for information on new episodes, upcoming live shows, and extra games, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And who knows, maybe you could win a Rubik's Cube. Thanks. Next time on Ask Me Another, we give Charles Dickens' Christmas classic a trivia twist with games inspired by the past, present, and future. Plus, we're joined by Anthony Ramos from She's Gotta Have It and Corey Stamper from Miriam Webster talks about holiday word origins, like the gross etymology of mistletoe. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. 